0: Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. We are here to help people experience a life changing relationship with Jesus. We hope you were blessed with this message, recorded live from Palmerston North, New Zealand. Enjoy. Matthew 13. Grab your Bible. Matthew 13. And this is what it says from verse 53 down to verse 58. When Jesus had finished telling these stories and illustrations, he left that part of the country. He returned to Nazareth, his hometown. When he taught there in the synagogue, everyone was amazed and said, where does he get this wisdom and the power to do miracles? Then they scoffed. He's just the carpenter's son. And we know Mary, his mother, and his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon and Judas, all his sisters live right here among us. Where did he learn all these things? Verse 57, it says, And they were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. Then Jesus told them, A prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his own family. And so he did only a few miracles there because of their unbelief. Let's pray. Lord, would you just give me the words to be able to communicate exactly what you want to say today. We just thank you for everybody that is here this morning. Lord, that took the time, Lord, to to come here to be in the auditorium or to turn on their TV or their smartphone and watch the service. Lord, we just pray, Lord, that you would be able to speak directly to our hearts because we need your word. We need your word. We need your living, active word to come in and to change us from the inside out. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this time that we have together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you're taking notes this morning, uh, my title is Up, Down, and All Around. How about you repeat that after me? Up, down, and all around. Jesus... Had just spent the whole chapter, this, this chapter that we're in. So we're, we're verse 53. So the previous, this whole chapter was spent with Jesus sharing parables of what the kingdom of God was like. I don't think this is any coincidence. He talked about the seeds falling on the different ground, the, the path, the rocky, the rocky ground, the thorns, the good soil. He talks about how the kingdom of God is like the weeds. He talks about how the kingdom of God is like mustard seed, yeast hidden treasure, pearls, a fisherman's tent. And so I think it's no coincidence that after sharing about what the kingdom of God looks like for this whole chapter, it comes to the end, and Jesus delves into what I believe is such an important kingdom principle for us to know and apply to our lives. Who knows that you can know a lot about something, but not actually have it within you? In fact, the story is so important that it's, also told in the Gospels of Mark and Luke through different perspectives. And that's how important this piece of Scripture is. Jesus had just begun his ministry. He was going about healing the sick. He, people were following, following him from here and there. And he was also, even at the beginning of his ministry, the Pharisees were so sick of him already that they were already planning, they were already plotting to try and kill him. So Jesus, having done so much, having gone so far, having gained a great following, returns to his hometown in these few verses. But Jesus, instead of being seen for who he is, he is the Savior. He is the Lamb of God. He is the Prince of Peace. He was the, the one that came as a perfect sacrifice to live a sinless life so that he could die on the cross and take all of our shame, guilt, and sin upon his shoulders so that we can receive forgiveness and live a truly free life. Amen. Isn't that some good news? We are singing about that before. I mean, if you don't know what those songs were about, that's, this is what that was all about. So Jesus comes back to his hometown, and I'm sure that he's not, I'm sure that part of him expects for some attitudes to have changed. But he walks in, and he's absolutely slammed by the people of Nazareth for only being the carpenter's son, and for being only one of the brothers. I mean, you can imagine old Jerry or Gary or Bob, Philip. I don't know if you're a Philip, Bob, Gary, or any of those, but if you are, don't take it personally. It's just a name, all right? Whose son grew up with Jesus and was like, ah, yeah, I know Jesus. He grew up with, my, with one of my sons, you know? Yeah, it's just Jesus. Or there was probably a Sheila, you know? We all know a Sheila. Actually, I have no idea. I've never met a Sheila before, but there are lots in Australia, apparently. There's probably a Sheila who used to babysit Jesus, you know, when he was really young. Then there was probably a Tracy who went to school with Jesus. It was, ah, yeah, Jesus, you know, he was useless at volleyball. And so he walks into his hometown being recognized, but not actually being truly seen for who he is. And these are people who knew of Jesus, who he was in their eyes, and not who he truly was. In fact, in both Matthew and Mark, it says they scoffed, they scoffed at Jesus, and then it says, they they said, he is just, he is just a carpenter's boy. I don't know about you, but when somebody says, oh, he is just so-and-so, it's usually not with a positive outlook. They were trying to pull Jesus' worth down to the level, catch this, they were trying to pull Jesus down, his worth down to the level of their familiarity. And what, is, and what happened is that they, they were so familiar with Jesus that the familiarity became dishonor. It was like a, in a blink of an eye, it was like they were so familiar with Jesus that it just switched into becoming dishonor out of nowhere. The word in the biblical Greek for dishonor is etimos, and it means to treat as common or ordinary. Did you know that dishonor just means to treat as common or ordinary? I don't know about you, but I think there are some things in my life that I think I'm just treating as ordinary, but I'm actually bringing dishonor to what is meant to be of value. Another way you could say it is that dishonor is to make them less than they really are. However, the word for honor is tima, which is spelt time, tima in the Greek, and this means to value, to treat as precious, as valuable, and weighty. I like that word. To treat as weighty. There is a weight to this thing. There There is a weight to this person. And I don't know about you, but I look around the world, and it seems like there is every moment of the day, every Facebook comment I see, every Instagram comment most of the time is about tearing down other people, pointing out flaws, pointing out things that are bad. Looking back 20 years ago about a comment that was made or something that happened and trying to find anything and everywhere you can go to try and pull people down. I don't know about you, but that's not the way that God has called us to live. We are not called to be people that point out something in somebody else. Yes, there is sin, I understand that, but we don't pull down people in jealousy, but we're meant to lift people up in love and grace. Amen. Kind of get an amen. Do we believe that? Today we may not be quick to think of honor in this way, or we even talk about honor, and it's like, ooh, I don't like talking about honor because. Because it kind of just has some negative connotations when it comes to Kiwi people, I think. And you talk to an American about honor, and it's usually like, oh, yes, I love, you know, where's, yes, the spotlight. Yes, I like that. Put it on me. But when it comes to New Zealand, it's an interesting thing that I think that we need to almost overcome. It's this, it's a thing that we don't like to be in the spotlight. We don't like to be, the spotlight to be put on us. And I'm not saying it's a show or anything like that. But what I am saying, is that there can be a, almost a false humility that comes on us when we try and remove ourselves from being honored, but okay, let's get into this another time. Oh, we'll get there, amen. We'll get there. And we can think of honor in a lot of different ways, but I like to think of it like this. I mean, when you've got when you have a transaction, it's like a it's like something that happens in a moment. We think of it as a transaction these days, like taking out your paywave card and slapping that down and then money goes out all of a sudden, or if you're really up to it and you have your phone, use their phone for PayWave. probably shouldn't put up your hand, but then you put your, your thing down and you, your, your phone pays for it. Or if you're you know, really mature in the Lord, you've got these you know, colored pieces of paper in your wallet, uh, young people that's called money, and uh, you can take that out and you can pay for things also. That's what we think when we talk about a transaction. But what I want us to get our mind to is the transaction that happens in the ancient times when they used to pay for things. And what they would do is they would take a precious stone, It would take a precious stone, and the, the 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 transaction would be based on the weight of that precious stone. So the more weight that was added, the more valuable it was. The more weight that was added, the, the more value that was placed on the thing that you were, that, that that was that was before you. And that is a picture that I want us to have of honor. And when we honor, team our one another, what we are doing is that we are adding value to who they are as a person. That when we honor somebody, it's not not making them more arrogant. It's not puffing them up. It's not making them better than anybody else. What it's doing is saying, I'm going to add more value by putting more weight on you. That's what honor is. That's what honor is. And when we honor one another, what we are doing is saying, I value you and I'm putting more weight on you. Hope this makes sense for you. Honor is recognizing how precious something is and then increasing the weight. It's a beautiful thing that takes place. Let me just back up for a sec. A few weeks ago, I spoke on the kingdom principle of surrender. Matthew 16, it tells us that to find life, we have to surrender to Jesus. To find abundant life, we have to give our life to him. We have to give it away. And this morning, I want to continue talking about a kingdom principle. And I, wanna, I started on surrender. That you know, I, I just think so often that we try and make life so much about ourselves, that we try and make life about what we can gain. But really, when we are trying to gain in life, the, the, the best way to gain in life is to actually get on your knees and to surrender it all to Jesus. But anyway, the, the, what I want to talk about this morning is the kingdom principle of honor. Of honor. It's almost like a swear word some, some places. Honor. Why? What are they? What well, principles, kingdom principles, are what God has instructed us to live by. Why? Because God has a better way for you. God has a better way for you. You might be wandering through life. You might be trying to get by. You might be finding it difficult at the moment. You might be asking yourself, I think I'm doing all the right things. I'm doing what, what the world tells me I should be doing. But it seems like it's just going from side to side, up and down, all around. And let me tell you that if you want to live a life, if you want to live a life, there's stability that there, there, there is God-honoring. It requires us to live by kingdom principles. Why is that? Again, when Jesus called his disciples in Matthew 4, he says, come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. I'll make you fishers of men. He didn't say, come follow me and I'm going to take you somewhere. It wasn't about where he was going. It was about who he was making them into, who, what he was instilling into them. I want you to know this morning that God is so much more interested in who you are becoming rather than where you are going in life. Yes, it, you know, it's awesome for you, to, for you to do a lot of things. It's awesome uh, for, for you to want to go on that trip or to buy that car or to you know, go, start, that, that's awesome. But it's so much more than what you do in life. It's who he is creating you to be. Rick Warren puts it like this, God is more interested in making your life holy than he is about making your life happy. God is so much more interested in what happens within you than what you have around you. But let's not forget, our outward success will never compete with inner wholeness. So that's why when I want speak about kingdom principles, I'm not just talking about a way of living. I'm not just talking about a destination to get to. I'm talking about a rearranging of your heart to understand that, God, you need to do some surgery on me. You need to fix my thinking. You need to shift some some of my principles so that I am living according to what you have called me to be. Amen? Proverbs 3 verse 6 says, In all your ways, submit to him. It's another word we really don't like in life. Submit. I don't want to submit. But he says, In all your ways, not in some of your ways, in all of your ways, submit to me. Submit to him and he will make your paths straight. You want your path to be straight? Submit to him and live by kingdom principles. That's why it's so important for me. And I hope this blesses you. So what is probably the most startling part of the story is in Mark 6 verse 5, where it says, and because of their unbelief, Jesus, he couldn't do any miracles among them except to place his hand on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at the unbelief. Now hear this: it didn't say it doesn't say that he wouldn't. It didn't say because of because of what was happening. He wouldn't. He didn't want to do any miracles. It says that he couldn't. And what tells me what this tells me is that Jesus wasn't withholding. Jesus was restrained. Jesus was restrained to do what he needed to do. The miracles he wanted to bring forth. Why? What was he restrained by? Well, if you look at the verse prior, it says that it was an issue of honor. Jesus wasn't given honor, and so he was restrained to do the miracles that he was set about, set about to do. And I want for you this morning, maybe this looks like your life, or maybe this is like the past, or maybe you're just looking at how you're living at the moment. I just want you to Kind of ask yourself: Is your life ready? Is your world? Is is the way that you're living? Is it conducive to the Holy Spirit being able to do miracles in and through your life? In other words, is there honor in your world? Is there honor in your life? Does honor come out of your heart? And are you? available, are you ready for him to use you to do what he needs to do through you? A lack of honor for Jesus stifled what he had set about to do. And I wonder this morning, this is just really the crux of it, really, I wonder where in our lives that familiarity for God and the familiarity for the people around us is withholding the fullness of what could be I mean, you you come here on a we come here on a Sunday, and I just wonder, is there is there a withholding because true honor wasn't given? I don't know, <laughs> but yeah, probably not a laughing matter, eh? Mm. I remember one one time. There's probably one time in my life that my parents would be mad at me. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But uh, no, there was a lot of times, a lot of times. But I can distinctly remember one time that my mum was mad at me as as an adult, and uh, which I mean by like 18 plus, so if you're 17, don't take that personally. Uh, you'll get there one day, literally. Um, so I remember one time in particular that uh, I think I was 19 or 20 or something like that, and... This one time that I really got on the bad side of my mom. If you know my mom, she's a wonderful woman. Get on the wrong side of her. She will eat you. Um, which I know is true for many women here. Like you meet so many amazing, <laughs> hey, that was, is that offensive? Like, no, I don't mean like that. Come on. Hey, that's a fence talking. No, I'm kidding. Um <laughs> I mean, that you're so wonderful, but I know if I was to go the wrong side of anyone here, then you would. Ah, okay, let's go. Carry on. This is live, by the way. Please don't leave um, anywhere. I remember I was having a minor argument with my mom. Minor. There's no minor arguments in the, new, in the Douglas household. Um, but it was a minor argument, and I, I do remember my response, I think, out of my own arrogance. Well, it was my own arrogance to a conversation, a heated conversation I was having with my mum, and she wanted to do something, or I can't remember exactly what it was, but she wanted something, or wanted me to do something, or something along those lines, and I said something back to her along the lines of, you might think that, but I don't care, and I think you're wrong. Ooh, I know. Some of you know the line. That's past the line. Now, the issue was no longer the issue, because the issue was now my attitude. And she said to me something along the lines of Zion. Not in this way. It was higher pitched and more, whoa. Zion, how dare you disrespect me like that? I'm not your friend. that you can, just, you can just speak to me like that. I am your mother and you need to show me some respect. Was, it, was, it, was, it was along the lines of, she said, I might be wrong. I might be wrong. Right, but you cannot ever speak to me like that ever again yeah let's give it up for the mums come on let's give up for the mums yes obedience in jesus name for children (laughs) stop it stop it but i remember that moment uh not just feeling the the words of my mom she meant it in love definitely but more than that, I, I remember feeling such a heavy conviction of the Holy Spirit falling on me in just that one moment. And I knew without a shadow of a doubt that I was wrong. But even more than that, it grieved the Holy Spirit so much that I kind of got, got a bit of a glimpse into what dishonor does to the Holy Spirit. It grieves him. It grieves the Holy Spirit when there's dishonor amongst his people. It grieves the Holy Spirit when there's dishonor in the family. It grieves the Holy Spirit when there's dishonor in our society because we are not called to live in that way. And I remember from that moment on, I made a decision to try my best and everything I did to honor my mom as, as, as well as I could. And I'll tell you what, it's just done something incredible within me as every time I've had a moment, just to text her, call her, thank her, spend time with her. And it's incredible what happens when you honor somebody intentionally, that it just adds weight. It adds adds value. And do you know what what the amazing thing is? It didn't just change my mom, because she, I I believe certainly, the more more our parents are honored, the more they are Lifted, it's like a spiritual just that comes on people when they are honored correctly. But even more than that, what the Holy Spirit did in me, changing my eyes to see clearly what God has put in front of me. Oh, I tell you what, church, we need to honor, not just for the benefit of the person we are giving to, but so that we can see clearly the people that are in front of us. And I think that we can be so easily become familiar with people. And I know, I know that I am fault of this. I'm not standing up here saying that I'm perfect and pretty and everything like that. Certainly, I've got a long way to go. But what I am saying is that when you honor somebody, you just, you just there's value, there's a weight that's put on them and you just start to, you stand back and say, wow. God, I did not see this person the way I see them now. We need honor in our lives. We need honor in our lives. We need honor in this church. Let this church be a church of honor. We won't just see people for, for you, know, you know, just how they were or how they are. We won't just judge people based on, you know, their burps and their, you know, just all that sort of stuff, you know, because we get too close to somebody and we just kind of see the ins and outs of, you know, all that sort of stuff. But no, we need to honor to see people clearly. I love Don and Val, who are elders here at this church, and uh, one of the reasons why I love them is because of their love for each other, the way that they honor each other. And I remember sitting with them and we were having lunch together a little while ago, and I just asked them some questions about marriage and how they did it, and you know how they just, just, they're just so wonderful. And I just wanted to get to get a glimpse into the gold that they possess. And I remember one thing that Don and Val shared with me, and they said that, well, when we have an issue with one another we never, ever, ever put it on display for other people to see. If we have an issue with one another, as spouses, we go to the other person behind closed doors and to work on it so that when we are in front of other people, we can love, speak highly of, and honor people so that others may see each other clearly. And I just going, wow. And you do see that with couples like Don and Val. And you you have conversation with them or you sit down with them and you just feel this weight of value that they have for each other. And I believe that's something that we need to have in all our relationships. I want you to know that your words are powerful and they can tear down and they can build up. It's not just sticks and stones can break my bones, but words cannot hurt me. that's, That's a lie. Words tear up. Or tear down, not tear up, that's a weird thing. They tear down and they build up. Ephesians 4, 29 to 30 says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up. In other words, but only what is helpful for honoring according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen and do not grieve. This is what I felt. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Yvonne, can I have you. James three nine to ten says, "With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness." See that? Seeing people clearly, out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters. This should not be. Why? Because our words are powerful. Our words are significant. Our words bring honor and they bring dishonor. They either bring familiarity, contempt, pulling down, taking value off, or they are, they are honoring and they add value to So I've got a few things I want to share about who we need to honor in our lives. Number one, honor everyone around you. Someone say everyone. Come on, a bit more louder. Everyone say everyone. Turn to the person next to you, look them in the eye and say everyone. We need to... Did you feel that? Oh, it was like a weight. Romans 12.10 says, Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. We're all called to honor each other. Up, down, all around. Romans 12.10 in the NIV also says, so Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourself. What would this place look like if we were committed to adding value to one another? I wonder what this place would look like if everybody was seen to the fullness of their value. Oh, that's dangerous. That's incredible. I think that's amazing. I really do. And I think, I believe, I actually know that's the way that God has called us to live. Honor everyone around you, whether you like them, whether you don't, Whether you are compatible, whether you have different personalities or backgrounds or political views. Oh, don't go there, zone. I'm going there. Honor all around. Honor everyone. Number two, honor those set above you. Honor those set above you. And the first way that this is in is in our governmental authority. Governmental authority, did you know that we are called as Christians to honor, give honor, give honor, give honor to our government, our local government, our national government, those that rule over us, those that have the responsibility for making decisions in order to care for the well-being of our nation. You may not like the government, you may not like the council, whatever. You may be one of those people that spend all day on the council comments. Like I was talking to a um, a councillor, not Vaughan. Uh, but, because uh, Vaughan, Vaughan's awesome, eh? Oh, love Vaughan. Uh, another counsellor, and uh, we were talking, and um, and I was, I, you know, she was just talking about how sometimes it can get very difficult, and just people love to share their opinions, and it's just like you feel like you're just getting barraged from every angle. And uh, I just said, well, you know, sometimes when I'm feeling a little bit under pressure, I just go to the Palmerston North Council, uh, Facebook comments and I just read the comments and it just makes me feel so much better really quickly. Because I'm like, oh, I don't get that abuse. Oh, must be doing so well. Awesome. I don't know why I shared that. Um, (laughs) Here we go. In spite of being put in prison for crimes he didn't commit, Joseph treated Pharaoh and the Egyptian guards with honor. You read the story, treating them with honor. Daniel and his three friends spoke respectfully to Babylon's evil king Nebuchadnezzar. He spoke respectfully, even though he was an absolute tyrant. David blessed and prayed for King Saul. Uh, even to the point of David having the perfect opportunity to kill Saul, David did not take that chance. He said, no, I cannot do this to God's appointed man. He honored Saul. So how do we honor someone in government? How do we honor somebody that, that oversees us? How do, we, how do we honor somebody in council or the government or whatever? Uh, how do we honor those people? We pray, we pray. That's what we are called to do as believers, to pray for wisdom and the Holy Spirit's uh, insight for our leaders. 1 Timothy 2, 1-2 says, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. So first of all, up, down, and all around, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Pray this way for the, for, for kings and for all who are in authority so that they can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and Dignity. There are a few other verses too that talk about this, but let me tell you that we're called to pray. These be a praying people. I mean, like, you know, instead of writing that comment on Facebook, I wonder what it would take for you to actually say, instead of writing this comment, I'm gonna take the time to pray for them instead. We're in our work school authority. That's another area. It's another area that we are under authority your workplace, your boss, your your teachers, your principals. Come on, we need to be people who give honor where honor is due. You may not like them, you might not agree with them, but God has placed them in authority over you. So if you can't see, they might do a thousand things wrong, but if you can see one thing that they are doing right, come on, let's be a people that can point out the right. Let's be people who can point out the one thing. Oh, that might be difficult. That might be really hard. That might be a really big pain thing, painful thing to do, but I know we can do it. What would it look like for us, all of us together, every person that is represented here, to send a text or to give a phone call or send an email? Not a complaint or not, any, not, not giving them more work to do, but just an email, a text, a phone call to say, hey, here's something that you do I really appreciate. I just want to honor you for what you're doing and for being somebody in my life who is giving me direction and authority, or whatever it may be. But what would that look like? I wonder how much that would change our city, how much that would change our workplace, how much that would change our schools if we were to instead of pointing out the issues, say, I can see all of that, but I'm going to push through and look for the good in them too. And thirdly, for spiritual authority, that is another area that we are under authority. Pray for your leaders. Pray for your life group leaders. They need it. <laughs> They need it, they need it, they need it. Pray for them, lift them up in the morning. Take some time to think of your leaders. Pray for your elders, these amazing people who for many, many years, some of them 20 years, some of them 30, some 40 years have been the, the spiritual oversights of this church. Even for myself, I, I, am not the, the, I am not the leader of the whole church. I'm, I'm the lead pastor, but even I'm, I'm under authority of the elders, they are my oversight. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm to submit to the elders of our church, but pray for your leaders, pray for them. The weight that they carry, especially our volunteers, the pastors here, the likes of Cody and Tori, these ones that are doing such a great job and carry so much. Pray for your leaders, Amen. Number three, honor those that raised you, aka honor your parents. Amen, amen. Ephesians 6, two to three, well-known scripture says, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. We honor fathers and mothers on on fathers and mothers day every year. But How much better would it be if we had a lifestyle of honor, if we had a culture of honor in this house and in our families? Let me tell you, if it's safe to do so, I know it's not right in every circumstance, but if it's safe to do so, send them a text. Give them a call this week. The best thing you can do for your parents, I believe, or something that I've found with my mom, is just to verbalize it. Just to verbalize what you think about them. If it's good. I mean, if it's bad, have a family meeting. Um, I don't know. Find out what their love language is. You know, you you find out what your your spouse's love language is, find out what your parents' love language is. If it's quality time, spend some quality time with them. If it's gifts, give them to me instead. I don't know, like, um, if your parents have passed away, you can honor their legacy by sharing their story. Share a a memory. Talking about them with with family or friends. Maybe going to their favorite spots and just sitting there with a cup of coffee or whatever it may be. And just honoring their legacy. They may have gone, but you can still honor. Moses honored his father-in-law by just listening to his advice. That's pretty good. David honored his father by being faithful with the sheep out in the field. Ruth honored her mother-in-law, Naomi, by supporting her during a very difficult time. You might have a long list of what they didn't do well, but I bet there is at least one thing they have done for you that was a positive. Highlight it. Thank them for it. Honour them and put weight and value on those who raised you. Number four, honour the one that married you. Honour the one that married you. 1 Peter 3 verse 7 says, In the same way you husbands must, I went this way because I'm a husband, so you husbands must give honour to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, it's not true in our situation. Sophie's actually a tank, you know, like she's, um, it's just the abdominals are just incredible. No, I'm kidding. Um, she may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should. Hear this. Treat her as you should so your prayers will not be hindered. I wonder if the prayers in your household have been hindered just because of the way that you honour your wife. Oh, honour, 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 and see what God will do in your life. Just, I know we're over time, but I just love if those that um, have been married for 25 years or more, if you could just stand, just for a sec. Anybody that's 25 years or more, come on, let's congratulate these amazing people. What? (laughs) Incredible, incredible examples they are. Thank you. Thank you. If if you've been married for 50 years or more, could you stay standing? 50 years or more? Come on, let's give it up again. Incredible. This is what the world needs. Thank you. Thank you. I love that. What an example that is. But that doesn't have to be an exception. That can be all of us if we live a life of honor. Not just for the people who we think deserve it. Not just for our spouse when they're doing the dishes and uh, uh, what are the other things that I forget to do? Um, Number five, honor the elderly among you. Not that we have any elderly here whatsoever, but uh, just if there were, honor the elderly among you. Amen? Come on, yeah, that deserves a round of applause. It's biblical. Like we, we need to honor those that have gone before us. I grew up going to Boys High, and there's a lot of things I love about that school, but probably the best thing that I learned or that I took away from that school is that every time an adult came into the room, you honor them by standing to your feet. It's, it's old school, but it's so good. It's just saying to them, you, I put value, I put weight on you. You may be inconveniencing me, but I don't see it as an inconvenience. I see it as an opportunity to honor. We need to honor Another thing that, that, uh, that, you know, became a habit, of course, was uh, any, any adult or teacher, you had to call them sir or miss or missus, and you might not agree with that, but I do, and I have the mic, so that's cool. Um, and I just think it's awesome, and, and I've, I've, I, it's just a habit that I have, and so if I call you sir or, miss or, or missus, don't get offended by it. It's just my way of saying to you, I, I put value on you. You are my elder. Let's not hide behind that. We don't have to be equals all the time. We don't have to be, you know, best buddies. It is my opportunity to say, I honor you for the age that you are. And that's a wonderful thing. And we need in the church more older people who love Jesus, know who they are in Christ, ready to stand in the gap and to say the next generation, I didn't get it all right, but I got to where I am by persevering by perseverance and trusting in my Saviour. So come follow me as I follow Christ. Just like Paul said, Timothy, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Amen. You can say, you can have that. You can have that spirit. Old people, elder people, I don't even know what to call you. Um, don't send me a letter. Uh, <laughs> or, 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 or a telegram, I don't know. Um, that's too far, Zana. that's too far. That's way too far. But, but it's not a bad thing. You can have that spirit to say, yes, I have, I have grown in the Lord. I have come a long way. Uh, I have spent a lot of years with him. And it is no bad thing at all to say, hey, young person, imitate me. Do what I do. Because all I'm doing, as you follow me, I'm following Jesus. You know? Awesome. Leviticus 19.32, rise in the presence of the aged. Boys, hi. hurrah. Rise in the presence of the aged. Show respect for the elderly and revere your God. I am the Lord. Job 12.12 says, is not wisdom found among the aged? Does not long life bring understanding? God bless you. God bless you, folks, if you're... If you consider yourself elderly, you may not, you know. Come to youth on Friday night, you know. (laughs) Mm. Young in spirit, I mean. But We need to, young people, let's not be following the world and saying it's cool to disrespect. I don't know, you might be over this way too, so don't. It's cool to disrespect. It's cool to, you know, talk back to my parents. It's cool to, you know, Tell older people that they don't know what they're doing because they don't have an iPhone. Um, No, that's not true. It's not godly. And amen. Number six, finally. Honor the Lord above all. Honor the Lord above all. It's the last point, but it's number one. Malachi 1 verse six. A son honors his father and a slave his master. If I am a father... Where is the honor due me? If I am a master, where is the respect due me? Says the Lord Almighty. I believe we've got to understand that God desires to be honored because He knows what it will do for you. But he, He's got a very good idea of who He is, too. God ain't insecure, God ain't needy. He's just totally comfortable in his identity. And he knows, because he's God and he knows a lot of stuff, that he deserves it. He deserves it. So when we come to worship, it's not a matter of, do I like the songs this morning? You might not like any of the songs. You might not sing in tune. You might have somebody standing behind you that, you know, it sounds more like a goat. I don't know. But... God is deserving of our worship. God is deserving of our praise. I spoke about surrender last time because I don't want a church that just comes and goes through just the novelty of going to church, ticking that off the list, singing the songs as quiet as we can and feeling like if I if I maintain my own dignity, then somehow that's going to benefit me in the long in the long in the in the extent of my life. I Think of David. No, it's when we are undignified by the Lord that he raises us up. Let this be a church that has no qualms whatsoever about getting undignified before the Lord. If you need to get to your knees, you get to your knees. If you need to cry, you cry. If you need to raise your hands, you raise your hands. If you need to dance down the back like our awesome Marianne was doing before, just do what you need to do to give honor where honor is due to our God. Let me tell you also, life is not about balance. I don't know who came up with this, but life is not about balance. Life is about priorities. Life is about priorities and having things in the correct order. It's not about just trying to trying to balance everything to get a good get a good you know kind of rhythm in life. It's about putting things in the correct order. But we need to prioritize God above all. God is number one. God gets my best, and then the world gets the rest. God is number one in every area of my life. If you want to get touchy, let's get touchy. God is number one in my worship, God God is number one in, in in my dignity. God is number one. Yeah, let's go. In my finances. He, he deserves the best because he's, he's priority number one. McDonald's isn't priority number one. The, the, the power company isn't priority number one. Oh, let's go further. Uh, date night isn't priority number one. Yes, my wife is incredibly important, but my wife isn't number one. You hear me? God is number one. My wife is number two. Amen? Amen. And you get that in order. You just get things in order. You prioritize things as they're meant to be. And, and, and let me tell you, your path will be straight. Submit to the Lord and your path will be straight. And so it just bemuses me sometimes when uh, you know, I, I don't want to come across judgmental at all. It's not my spirit, but I hear this from a heart that just wants the best for you. It says, I'll come to church once every couple of months or once a month, and that will do me. It says, oh, that's awesome. That's so great. I really, I can, if that's all you can do because of your illness or you've lived far away or a family issue, I, oh, that's awesome. I really celebrate that. But, but if it's just because he's not number one. Amen. I don't want to get judgy, so let's move on. Anyway, Psalm 145, verse three. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise His greatness, no one can fathom. Great is the Lord most worthy of praise. Up, down and all around, up, God, up, people in our world who have authority in, our, in, in different areas of our life. down those that are in our lives, those are the younger people, we can honor down. We can and all around God deserves. Everyone deserves. Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can comment, subscribe, or share it with your friends. For more information, visit us at lifechurchpn.co.nz. Have a blessed week.